Welcome to the Managed Tools Podcast for Monday, April 10th, 2006. Hi, this is Michael Lozen, and welcome to Manager Tools. Today, Mark Horseman and I complete our conversation on one of the least used but most effective management tools we know, the skip level. If you haven't listened to last week's show, my suggestion is you go back, listen to that first before going on with this one. That will put this show in a bit more context. So, without any further delays, let's get to it. It's pretty simple, and I mean, it's it's simply, uh, yeah. Give me your questions. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in a good mood today, Mike. Um, no, uh, that's not what you do. Um, in fact, if you do that, you you'll get funny stares, and, and, and they will think that you ought to know that they don't completely trust you yet, um, unless you have a very unusual relationship, a really good relationship. Um, it just that just doesn't work. You need to warm them up. So so he, we we've come up with a sample. It's not a sample. This is our recommended ninety minute agenda. You'll, it's pretty easy to see how you could cut it to, to sixty minutes, obviously. But um, here's what the agenda looks like. Um, you know the, the the let's say the meeting's supposed to start at one o'clock. The first thing is one o'clock, and it says welcome slash agenda. And basically, what you're going to do is you're going to welcome everybody, and you're going to walk through the agenda. You're going to list these items down below. Um, it gives you, in, in, in the first five minutes, it gives a minute or two for the last stragglers to come in, gives them a bit of grace so they don't miss anything in terms of the substance of the meeting. At 1.05, the next thing on the agenda, it says about me. And in your first set of skip levels, um, you're going to spend 10 minutes telling them about yourself. Um, trust and communication are built on, you know, it's all part of relationships. And if they don't know you, they don't know where you're from, they don't know what you've done, they're going to withhold trust until they understand you better. So we recommend covering three topics. A, how you got here, your work history and some personal history. Um, B, your family, um, your spouse's name, your children's names, their ages, their interests, where you live. Okay, if I was, if I was a manager, uh, for instance, at USAA down in San Antonio, I would definitely tell people that I lived in Fredericksburg. That would be a you know, people would then have those people who come to Fredericksburg for the tourism would have something to talk to me about. Um, and, and they'd also say, gosh, I wish I lived in Fredericksburg. <laughs> and then see <laughs> what you do outside of work, what your family does, um, you know, soccer coach, uh, church, uh, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, museum docent, um, model rocketry, um, read books, love Civil War history, love going to movies with your spouse. Um, love popcorn with butter, that kind of stuff. And that should probably only take 10 minutes. Um, I guarantee you, the first couple of times you do that, you will get questions about your background or comments about, gee, I never knew that about you. You seem like a nice person. Only because you tell them you live in the same neighborhood that they do and they never know it. Sounds yeah. sounds. Or you have a, or you have a similar interest. You know, yes, exactly. Oh, I have kids. We, we do soccer too. What league are you in? Well, you know, in fact, I think everybody who has kids, they do soccer. Right. Um, certainly do in Texas, that and football. Um, okay, so now we're at 15 after, and so at 115, it says strategy slash big picture. And what you're going to do is take um, 10 to 15 minutes and basically refresh them 
or introduce them to corporate level plans, what's going on at the corporate at the high level in terms of successes and results. And then hopefully also share what those things mean for your organization. You know, you talked about being a development organization. Well, okay, the project where we, we worked on last quarter, here's how it's being used in the market and here are the economic results, here's the marketing results for the organization. If I remember right, Mike, I may have this wrong, but weren't your guys the core developers for what ended up becoming friends and family, one of the biggest marketing successes in the telecom, in the history of telecom? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, people, I, I remember that project being very, very secret, obviously, because they didn't want competitors getting it, getting out. And, and at the time, it feels like writing code. But then to have been a code writer on that and to watch the results, you know, quite frankly, a lot of people get results about how their company is doing based on watching TV, which seems wrongheaded. So being, so being able to close the loop and say, hey, look, we had this six people. I want to recognize them. There are a couple of them here today. They were involved in what we call Project Beta. It became friends and family. Here's the results. And I know you've seen the ads, and it seems to be getting a lot of press. Well, here's the results to our company. And I encourage you to step up and be asked to, to, asked to be involved in special projects in the future because it can make a big difference. Those people are, are noticed in the organization for the impact they had on our business. Bottom line increase. Um, you know, and, and, um, maybe it's a new plant opening or it, maybe there's, maybe there's rumors about layoffs that are affecting the entire company that you need to talk about. Maybe it's a great quarter that was just announced. Many people, Mike, and I'm sure our listeners know this, but many employees, you know, if you're, if you're a director and you have managers reporting to you and the people who are your skips are frontline employees, they don't understand how critical it is for about quarterly earnings and how Wall Street can can hammer a stock. But if you've got 401k, if you've got a pension plan, and part of that's in the company stock, um, people know that it's not good. But they don't they don't think in terms of quarters when they manage their their time, particularly if they don't have budgets. And so you have to translate what's happening at the corporate level in terms of what it means for them. For instance, you might say, look, we've had two bad quarters in a row. I think, I'm not sure, but I think we'll probably get some tightness on travel budgets and on on uh, some other stuff in the next couple of months. Because even though we've been doing okay, that doesn't mean the organization's not going to be tightening the belt a little bit to make sure we make our profit forecast for the next couple of quarters so people will see that we know how to manage our business. That That surprises people, quite frankly. They think big companies make lots of money, and there's just lots of money sitting around. Not necessarily true. There's no. Yeah, you're trying to. You know, it helps to make what they're doing relevant. Yeah. To what you people know, what, where do. The companies people go. do want to be connected to something bigger than themselves. They want to feel like they're contributing to something cool. Um. Okay. Uh, I, I. I. And I alluded to this already. I think financials are always underestimated in terms of sharing them. No, you don't have to give earnings per share. No, you don't have to give debenture credit all that kind of stuff you don't need to be an accountant um but it's always good to remind them the basics what our company does how we fit into that and how we help create revenue profit and so on and it, when i was in hawaii after i left seventh to the eighth where you and i were stationed together mike uh, i worked for a colonel um colonel churchill who was the commander of the medical battalion we were newly formed battalion and, uh, of course, in a battalion of five, 600 people, there were medics, but there were also mechanics. There were supply people. There were admin people. And every morning, Colonel Churchill started our morning formation the same way. He would yell out, what are you? And everybody, every person in that battalion yelled back, medics, because that was our mission. 
Except you. You'd uh, yell out field artillery. Uh, no, right? I didn't. Uh, Colonel <laughs> Colonel Churchill uh, absolutely assured me that I, while I was the only combat arms officer in the in the division support command, that I would answer as medics. And we all got it. <laughs> we absolutely <laughs> got it. Um, okay. So that takes you about 15 minutes. You'll get better at it, and maybe you'll be able to do it um, faster. Um at, uh, as you go on these things. Um, but then you're 30 minutes into the meeting, and so at, at 1.30 on the agenda, it says department vision. And this is the same as above, the, the, the big picture stuff, but on a smaller scale. What is your vision for your organization? What do you want them thinking about every day? What's important to you? This is your organization, your strategy, your operations, those kind of things. And if you, if you can't answer that, if you can't answer your vision, your mission, your strategy for the organization, what it is your organization does and how it fits in, don't schedule a meeting yet. Take some time and put some thoughts down and share them perhaps with your directs and make sure you're on the right track and that their people will be able to hear it and understand it. You don't need a cute tagline. You don't need to make it a marketing pitch. Um, trust that you can be direct and candid about it and over time you'll probably come up with a great tagline perhaps but you don't this is not just marketing it's designed to connect them okay you got 15 minutes for that so now it's 45 minutes past the hour so at 145 on your agenda you write key project slash department update and now you're going to take that big picture vision for your department down one more level down to the individual stuff that these people are working on operational updates HR initiatives, financials for the department, budget updates, um, you know, budget planning timelines, um, what wins have, has our department have, what, it, you know, people who have done well, what's exciting that we've been working on or the others that have been working on that maybe not be in this meeting. Um, and of course, it's good to know who is scheduled to the meeting so you can recognize them if in fact they need to be given kudos in front of everybody else. Point out who's done that great work, who's gotten promoted, who's done really well on something. Um, somebody had a baby or triplets or whatever. Those are the kind of things you you, you might announce in terms of the departmental update. Uh, somebody who's left or somebody who's new, those kind of things, particularly in a managerial or in a special role that's, that's uh, distinctive in some way. And now you're an hour into your 90-minute meeting and you have 30 minutes left, and guess what that means? It's time for questions. <laughs> hey, now before you go into questions, yeah. can I – I think there's a big caveat around the f the first hour okay. of the discussion. Okay, it makes absolutely no sense to spend an hour talking about strategy, big picture, the department vision, projects, you know, key project updates, the department, etc. If the only thing on people's mind is what's going around the entire company, which is the layoff that's going to happen 30 days ah, later, uh, you're right. There, the, you're you're talking about the 900 pound gorilla, the, the elephant in the middle of the room. Absolutely. So my point is, all this makes sense. Yes. You know, except if there's something that's on everybody's mind, nobody's listening to you for the first hour. All they're waiting to hear is about the, the layoff or whatever else is going to happen. Well, you know what we'll do? We'll change this and we'll call it the we'll call that the elephant rule, and and we're going to say, all right, the first thing you do before you know, that's after, better after, than the peanut butter. What's rule. What's that? That's better than the peanut butter. Yeah, rule. it's better, definitely better than the yeah. peanut butter rule. Even though I like it. Um, and the <laughs> elephant rule is this: you've got this agenda all worked out in your head, and the first thing you do before you get started is. Will there be any elephants in the room? And if there are, it should be the first item on your agenda. In fact, you should post the agenda, and then you should say, then then you can walk right up to it and cross it out and say, you know what? I've got an agenda, but I know what everybody wants to know, which is about the layoff that's coming up, or about our last two quarters that were bad. Let me tell you what I think I know. 
or let me tell you what I'm allowed to tell you and, and tell you that there are some things I can't tell you. And I'm, I, I appreciate the questions and I'm happy to take them later, but let's get that off of the, uh, off of your minds as much as we can first. And that, you know, Mike, you make a great point because that follows one of the fundamental rules. If you and I are talking, if you're talking to me, until you tell me what it is I most want to know, I can't hear anything that you want me to know. Right? I mean, yeah. if yeah, I ask you a question and you haven't answered and you're blah, 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 I'm like, okay, what I'm hearing is blah, 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 please answer my question. Or if I'm wondering about a layoff and you start talking about big picture strategy, I what I hear is blah, blah, blah. I, I literally hear the teachers in the Peanuts cartoons on TV. Wah, 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 wah. That's, that's what you hear in a skip level meeting. So you're right. The elephant rule comes first and you need to leave a wedge in there. And, and if you end up talking 20 minutes about the elephant, that's okay. Not because you have all the answers, but because you want to stand up in front of folks and answer questions as best you can. And I don't care if they ask 50 questions about it. You don't get, you don't have the right to be sharp with them. Um, you keep asking them. Now you can tell them, look, I, you, you're welcome to ask me more questions about this. I really have told you everything I can possibly tell you. And it'd probably be good if we talked about other stuff, but you know, I'll do my best. Um, you know, you want to be very careful about sending a message that that's not something that you want to talk about. Otherwise, the whole purpose of this, the skips, and communicating with them is defeated. Yeah. All righty. Okay. And, and, and generally what I do with the questions part is, okay, look, my, my part's done. We're really here now for the important thing. Um, you can ask me anything you want, anything at all. Um, and as a general rule, I tell people, you're going to get an honest answer to any question that you're entitled to have an answer to. Okay, I'll shoot as straight as I possibly can. There are some things I won't be able to share. Um, there'll be some things that I know, but I will not discuss. And I'll just tell you, yes, I know that. And I, I've given my word I'm not going to talk about it. So we're not going to talk about that. And I'm sorry. But the vast majority of stuff that people ask, you'll be able to answer. Um, and if you can't answer it, you just say, you know what? I'm really sorry. I, I don't have that answer on the top of my head, but I'll be getting an answer back to everybody in email or in some fashion so that everybody knows. You know, I'll, I'll go back and research that and get you the right answer to that question. And then you're done. And then it's uh, 2.30 and you close and you tell them thanks and uh, remind them that you're going to get them whatever you promised them in terms of the, in, in the Q&A session. That's the agenda. How about, um, how about some delivery guidelines you know, that folks can use to think about the tactics, the, yeah. the specific behaviors in the meeting itself. You know, it's funny. Part of the reason that we're going to talk about this is because I used to, people used to say, what's one of the ways that I can get my message out? And I would say, well, skip levels are a great way to do it. And I remember the first few times I did that, people said, skip what? What are you, what, what, what are you talking about? I said, well, everybody does. It's a skip level. And I remember that was one of the first things that I realized that the stuff I was talking about, when I said, oh, everybody does this, I really have to be careful about saying everybody does this because... Nobody, you know, very few people do it. Um, but, but um, yeah, what happened was I would give them the agenda and I would assume that everything would be fine. And it turned out that I went to a couple of skip levels and they weren't all that good because they weren't following some simple rules when it comes to the actual delivery, your behavior in the meeting. So let's cover a few points, real basic, nothing, nothing rocket science here. Um, okay, so, so first bit of delivery guidance, Mike, is you've got to be well set up I'm sorry, you got to be set up well in advance of your meeting. Your meeting room, chairs the way you want them, a couple other things we're going to suggest. You should be done 
15 minutes before the meeting starts. Don't walk in there five minutes before and take 10 minutes to set up the room. Don't walk in there 10 minutes before and take 10 minutes to set up the room. 15 minutes before the meeting is scheduled to start, you should be done and ready to start the meeting right then. And the reason for that is because as people start coming in, you should greet them. Now, I, part of the reason I said that was because I had a manager say to me once, Mark, I, I, I did that skip level, but I still don't know my people. Am I supposed to know them? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, that, that, that'd kind of be good. <laughs> you know, and I was just kind of shaking my head at the time. Not a great manager, great guy, very successful. Um, and I realized he just saw it as him being a cardboard cutout and saying some things and answering some questions and telling them, no, I can't answer that. And that was it. And really what your people want is to get connected to you. And, and so you're, you're, you're prepared 15 minutes in advance. And when people start coming in, you shake hands, you say hello. And if you've forgotten somebody's name, you have the courage to say, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten your name. The fact is, if you don't remember their name, they're going to know you didn't remember it. And they're going to be doubly disappointed in you that you didn't remember the name and you didn't have the courage to say, I'm so sorry, I don't remember your name. Now, it looks, makes you look like a jerk for five seconds. And then you're over it and you get credit for having the courage to say, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten your name. Yes, you're supposed to know everybody's name, but if you don't, there's only one way around it. And that is asking their name. Now, you might say to yourself, well, no, maybe I'll make it through the meeting without knowing. No, because what's going to happen is somebody's going to ask a question that you know, and you're going to say, thanks, Barb, thanks for that question. And then this guy you don't know is going to ask a question. You're going to say, thanks for that question. And he's going to go, huh, he doesn't know who I am. Now, and remember, you also have, you know, if you're inviting 15 people, you know who's coming ahead of time. So, you know. Very helpful, yes. You know, yeah, if you know who the 15 people are, then you know, walk the floors and figure out what they look like. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's ways to yeah. avoid the embarrassment. If it really bothers you, you know, you know who's showing up. You can you can go figure out who's, who's who. Yeah, and in a lot of companies nowadays, you have, you know, profiles on people on, uh, you know, and if you have an admin, have, have him print out everybody's face, you know, picture so you know how to put names with faces. Yeah, we, I tell you, we had, um, MCA, we had a president of the, network services division one time john girdleman who was absolutely incredible in a lot of respects and in and, and this one in particular and he had literally i think uh, uh at, at least at this point in time i'm thinking about it, he had probably had five thousand people in his organization or something like that uh-huh. um and if you met him once he knew your name oh. from that forever oh. forever um and, and it's curious and i didn't hear this directly from him i heard this from somebody else and I always figured he was just he was just incredibly gifted. But the fact is, he studied it. He had index cards with people's pictures on it. He had his, his admin do this for him. He had a little bit a little bio. He had you know he 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 made an effort at this, and it just had an incredible effect on people. You know, when the president of the company yeah. or the division walks up to you and you're a, a programmer and he knows your name, wow, that, that's that's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? That reminds me of that old sort of chestnut. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. He didn't He didn't have to make it his life's work. He had to spend a little bit of time, and he did something that was pretty simple, not complex. I mean, it's not hard to understand. It took time, but he took the time, 
and it made him stand out because the vast majority of people don't bother even trying and just accept the fact that I don't know their name and I'm going to try to avoid it and hopefully they won't recognize that I'm not using their name in this conversation. And Gertelman went above and beyond with a little bit of effort. Again, not difficult to understand. It did take some investment, but he stood out in a way that was incandescent in that way. Yeah. Okay. So uh, next, no matter what you do, folks, th this is Mark talking, and so we do care about time. I don't care what else you do. Start on time no matter what. The reason for that is that whatever you start late, you're going to, the first couple of times you do this, you're going to be clumsy about your delivery. You're going to be starting off the wrong foot. And you end up cutting into your question time rather than into your briefing time. Because you're already good at briefing, so you'll take all the time you want when it's your stage. But we find that what ends up happening is you only have 20 minutes rather than 30 minutes for questions. And you don't want to do that. This is about the skips, and it's their questions that are really important that really make this thing fly. Now, we mentioned about the agenda. We recommend just write the agenda on a big flip chart and post it on the wall so people can know where, when, when they're supposed to be doing what. It'll make them feel secure that, there's a, that this 90 minutes is not just going to be a free-for-all, that they're going to get some information first, and they'll know when they're supposed to start asking questions, and they'll be able and ready to do it when their time comes to ask you questions. I recommend you ask everybody to sign in. Um, if you're not great with names and there are 25 people in the room and you don't see everybody and then somebody says, well, I was there, but you don't remember it, you, you can't be sure. So I recommend you get people to sign in. Uh, is that a critical factor? No, but I, that's the way I do it. Um, I also recommend that you have somebody, a volunteer, write down the questions that people ask so that you can remember them and you can tell them your managers after you've done all your skip levels the questions that everybody asked. You don't have to tell them who asked them. You can say, look, these are the kind of questions we're getting. And, and yeah, matter of fact, it's in, we didn't talk about it, but uh, I'd be curious as to your thoughts on this. I, I always started up the, the meeting by saying that I would keep this meeting confidential. Oh, yeah. That I wouldn't share with their managers the questions or the comments that folks would make. So I... Uh, is, is that important in your view okay, or not? Um, I actually say, look, um, I, I'm going to, if you ask me a question that you don't want your manager to know, I won't, I, I'm not going to share that. But in general, if you ask me questions about budget or about those kind of things, if it's a sensitive question, I, I won't, I won't share it. Um, and I, my purpose is not to be um, a record keeper here, but rather to be able to share anonymously with managers, you know, where we're struggling in terms of communication. I might very well say, look, I'm not going to share with you every question, but I will tell you that I got a bunch of questions about Project X. Um, now, obviously, I won't do that if, if, it, if there are only two people involved in Project X and they really took their boss. Um, but but, but um, I, would, I, would, I recommend saying if I share it, it's going to be anonymous and I'll make certain that it doesn't get traced back to you. If I think there's a chance it'll get traced back to you, then I won't. Um, yeah, you, I won't you said it. it better. That's what I, that's what I meant. I didn't mean keeping the entire com conversation confidential, but more protecting folks' anonymity. That was yeah, my exactly. Point. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and you know what? If you don't say something like that, they might very well assume that everything's going back in detail, and who actually asked the question. Um, yeah. And, and matter of fact, I I told people that I would share. I mean that that it, that I, I felt it important that if they were going to raise it 
and they're uh, raising an issue that it I had to address it with the manager or the team involved. And so I, I said, actually, I will share everything. I will keep your anonymity. Matter of fact, if it's something where I think, you know, if, if you're in the meeting today and your managers know who's in the meeting, obviously, and it's something that only you would be involved with, then I'm not going right. to go tomorrow right after this meeting and bring it up with the manager. I'll wait two weeks or three weeks or some appropriate amount of time so it, the anonymity is uh, protected. But um, I have, so I, I'm a spoke. Yeah, I, no, no. And I have a good friend in Detroit who says my solution to that is I tell him, and I didn't recommend this, so I can't take credit for it. But if somebody wants to steal this idea, I encourage him to do so. What they, this guy said was, I tell him, look, if you preface your question by saying you'd prefer me not to share it, then I won't share it unless you tell me something that's wrong and I have to do something about it because that's my job. I'm not going to not do my job, um, but I'm not going to put you in a headlock or put you in a tight spot simply because you asked a question. I said, now, so tell me in advance. What would happen was often, if it was a sensitive issue, a, a maybe a junior person or a newer person would ask the question and they say, I prefer you didn't say anything. And then one of the, one of the senior people would raise their hand in the back and say, you know what? Tell them I asked that question and, and essentially get cover for the question to be asked. Um, I thought that was, he, you know, he thought it was the first time it happened. It became, that became the rule. There were a group of people that were comfortable and secure and say, well, that's a good question. You can tell the managers that I asked it, and that way we protect the new person here who's maybe having a difficult difficult time with a particular boss. I thought that was very right. clever. Okay. Good. Okay. Another thing you do, and this is something that public speakers do a lot, but you may not if you're a manager, you don't think about it. When somebody asks a question, they're talking to you. It's easy for you to understand it, but the rest of the room is probably distracted. They're thinking about their question that they want to ask or their kid they've got to get home to, whatever the case might be. Repeat the question to everyone. Take the time to repeat the question. It makes a difference. If you get very few questions, if there seems to be a lot of tension, if it's the first time you're doing it, don't beat yourself up. You're taking a first step. You know, When you were a kid and you first learned how to walk, your first couple of steps didn't turn out so good. And now you're doing just fine. So the first couple of times, it may be a little bit of tension. What I recommend is, hey, look, we're not getting as much, you know, I'd love to have questions, but I know you may be uncomfortable, whatever. Next time, we're going to have a bowl in the center of the room. And if you want to write out a question during or after, just put it in the bowl. I don't care who wrote it. I'll open it up and I'll read the question and then I'll answer it. And that way, people feel like they got, they needed anonymity. If they need anonymity, that's one way to do it. Um, I'll tell you a neat trick that I, I've always used, and I was surprised at the number of people who don't think it's appropriate, but it works for me, and that is when people ask really tough questions, take a moment and thank them for asking it. Be as frank as you can be and say, you know what? I can tell that for some of you, that's a really tension-causing question. I can see where that would be touchy. So thank you for asking it. Can I give you some feedback? When you ask tough questions like that, even though you're not sure what my answer is going to be, you take a little bit of risk wondering whether or not I'll protect your identity. Um, my first thought is, well done you. Thanks for stepping up and putting the organization in front of me or you or anybody else, because we need to talk about this kind of stuff if it's hurting our performance or our, our abilities. I want to know about it, and uh, maybe it means more work for me, but it's the right thing to do, so thank you. Um, uh, this is one that was recommended um, by a friend of mine um, in Ohio, which is, hey, if you know rumors, this is, the, this is the elephant rule on the back end, Mike. If you know rumors are around, you know, you, you bring them up yourself. Hey, you may be wondering about this. Let me confirm or deny that rumor. Let me tell you where I think it got started. Let me tell you where I think it's going. 
Um, here's what I hear from you guys or from other people and so on. Or I didn't even know this was an issue, but let me tell you why it should not be an issue in your mind and so on, rather than waiting. Um, so that's kind of my soft version of the elephant rule. I know this probably goes without yeah. saying, Mike, but um, you know we learned this thousands of times in the military. But if you don't know, <laughs> say, I don't know. Um, if you BS people, they will be able to tell, um, and they don't like it. And if you do tell them, I don't know, they'll absolutely appreciate it. You say, I'm sorry, I just don't know about that. And then say, I'll get back to you within 48 hours. If need be, if you're swamped, if you're leaving or whatever, assign somebody to share that information with everybody. Get one of your managers to do the research and put together a, a note that goes out underneath your signature or over your signature, sorry. Yeah. Um, two, two final points. Make sure you say thank you at the end. Remind everybody it'll get easier over time for the first time, the you know, first couple of times you do it. Remind them about your open door policy. Um, you know, hey, if you're not getting what you need from your boss, come and see me. If, they, if your boss tries to stop you, that's a no-no. You always have the right to see me. I expect you to go talk to your boss first. And if you don't get the answer you want, come see me. Um, and respect the fact that your boss may know that I can't do anything about it. And listen to your boss. But if you still need to see me, I'll make time for you. And then the last point is, for those people that you might have missed when you were introducing yourselves at the beginning at the meeting, um, greet or introduce yourself to those people who you missed. Uh, maybe only two, maybe one, maybe none, but shaking hands with people as they leave the room and looking people in the eye and getting a sense of how you think they felt about the meeting will be very, very helpful. And if you've got a couple people in the room that you know pretty well, you've worked on projects with them before, ask them to stick around and say, hey, look, I'm going to do this two more times this week. Is there any answers that you thought were really weird or off or can I do anything better? You got any feedback for me? Um, and be ready to hear it and make some changes um, so that if you do this three times on the third one, it's as smooth as silk. Um, yeah. You know, the other thing I did at the end is I, uh, I always summarized what actions I had coming out of the meeting. So I would, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I know remember one time after the, the WorldCom merger, the, uh, start of the end of my corporate career, um, there was, uh, an issue with the, the water. They, the, one of the first things that happened is they took out all the, the drinking fountains with the bottled water. And, and that was, for some people, that was a pretty significant issue. And so one of my one of the actions I took was to try to go correct that situation. And I had maybe seven or eight other actions that I said I would take after it. So I, I summarized those within the meeting, and then I send out an email afterwards committing to tracking those those issues down or having some kind of resolution, whether we whether I could change things or not. Um, I would I owed them some feedback as to what what I was going to do, um, and that that proved pretty useful. very powerful. Yeah. It's an excellent point. I totally agree with it. Yeah. Add that to the list. It's excellent. And that's it. And the first couple of times, it's really hard. You, it's a little bit uncomfortable, perhaps. Um, people just kind of look at you with open eyes, wanting to see what you're going to say. And then after you've done it a couple of times, if you skip one, or if you if you go a few months and you haven't had one, people are going to start stopping you in the hall and say, hey, when are we going to do another skip level? Um, it, now, if you've done three or four of these, Let's say you only have 20 skips and you've done three or four and it's still agony for them to ask questions and you can't get them to ask questions. You've got significant problems in your organization, either with you or with your managers. I would hope that you would know that if you're doing one-on-ones and 
coaching and feedback and staff meetings and so on. But, but if you're still having trouble getting questions or if the questions are significantly negative, uh, routinely, you know, two, three, four skip levels down the road a year later, um, you need help. You need ER help, yeah, HR it, help, it, outside consultant help, something. Yeah, and assume it's you, not not your managers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> What's that old saying? When you have a problem in your organization, look for the cause of that problem in increasingly larger concentric circles around your own desk. Buck stops here. Yeah, you know, and I found uh, managers implementing this kind of fall into uh, a couple extremes. Those who they think they don't think a second about doing a skip level, they they they'll jump right into it. And I'll tell you, half of those people should be worrying about it because the the reaction of no problem i'll go do it tomorrow they my experience is they tend to think of it as a way of communicating their message to yeah. the people they're not they're not focused on 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 the individuals so if you're if you're too confident about going out and doing this then I, again think about where the focus of the uh the meeting should be uh, and conversely those people who are worried about doing the skip level who are going to it with a little bit of trepidation a little nervousness they end up doing fairly right. well because they're nervous and they they're nervous about it because they're they're thinking about the other person they're thinking about the subordinates right. and their needs right in fact you know it's funny I'm, I'm staring at my bookshelf and there's a book on the shelf called the purpose-driven life by rick warren and the first line of that book is one of my favorite first lines of a book and it is the line is it's not about you that's true of skip levels it's about the skips, and it's true of one-on-ones. It's about the employee. It's about your direct. So it's not about you. It's about the skips. Good point, Mike. Hmm. That's pretty consistent about all the things we talk about, I think. <laughs> and that's it. Super. I'd love to hear people's experience. If uh, somebody hasn't done skip levels, they go out and do it. I'd love to hear in the yeah. forums what kind of experience they've they have. Exper- the or if they've and- been part of one on the receiving end, what their experience was, what they thought of their boss, what, what worked and what didn't work. And uh, that's what the forums are for, for sharing, sharing that kind of stuff. All right, my friend. Thank you, sir. See you later. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today. As usual, we hope you found this podcast useful, and better yet, that you put it to work immediately. If you haven't done skip levels before, I think you'll find them both informative and immensely rewarding. If you have any questions or comments, please visit us on the website at www.manager-tools.com and be sure to check out the discussion forums while you're there. Feedback on the show is always welcome at show at manager-tools.com or give us a call at 703-879-1812 and leave us a voicemail. And that's a a new number from what we had a, a few months ago. As always, thanks for joining us and we look forward to you joining us again next week. Until then, so long.